Hi guys, I am back. This is episode two of a podcast about nothing, a podcast where we talk about nothing and everything. This has been like a full week. Well, now it's the start of another week because it's June 1st, but the month of May was, it was a lot that happened in the month of May and it's just super, super heavy the month of May. And I would first like to acknowledge Ahmaud Aubrey and Breonna Taylor and of course George Floyd and um, say rest in love and rest in peace because their lives were cut tragically short in the month of May by police violence and white supremacy and racism and all the things that America was built on. Um, So yeah, it's been a heavy week. This week I went to, the last two weeks I have been in therapy like weekly and I was telling my therapist, I was like, I haven't had to come see you weekly since I first started in 2017. So that just goes to show you what's how my mental health is right now. But um, it's just, it's, it's tough to be black every day, but this has been, um, it, it, we, it's a very peculiar time. Not the necessarily police brutality and white supremacy and bigotry, but we're in a global pandemic and racism was like, nah, we don't take no days off. We don't get tired. (laughs) So um, having to deal with the global pandemic and people, 38 million people being unemployed and the uncertainty of that on top of being black and dealing with racism and police brutality and just the, the weight that all that holds, it's just, All of it is very heavy, and I'm just praying for everyone, especially black people, because it is not easy being black and knowing that people don't see you as human and they don't respect you and they don't care. So just love and light to everyone and to all the protesters and the people who are on the front lines. Um, and the people who are allies and who are using their privilege to combat evil and to help. Um, so yeah, I just wanted to start off with that. And, um, I'm just, I'm praying for everybody. I'm praying for the state of the world and, you know, we'll talk more about that on, on my other platform, but in the midst of all of this craziness, We got an amazing episode of TV, Insecure, episode eight was my heart. Like, I love Issa Rae so much. Um, And this episode of TV was, like, just what I needed to take my mind off of all the heaviness that is happening in the world right now and just focus on, like, this amazing show and go on this journey with them. And so... um, yeah, episode eight, that's what we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about Insecure episode eight. Um, it's called Low-Key Happy. And I feel like the theme of this episode was communication and being direct 
And also growth because like we fully see how Issa and Lawrence have grown since we met them in 2016, season one, episode one. And you see so much growth in them in them and in this particular episode, that conversation that they had, oh my God. And also Natasha Rothwell, who is who plays Kelly and she wrote this episode and she's a producer on Insecure fucking a fucking genius like she's amazing as well but I just want to talk about this episode and first of all Issa falling the most relatable thing she just she's just amazing of how she like incorporates your everyday life into um the show and her falling and just kind of like laying there because we all have failed and you just kind of have to get yourself together on the ground like you can't just hop back up sometimes sometimes you just gotta let the fall marinate so I really 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 love that and just watching the chemistry of them and seeing that they have not missed a beat and it's just like go on and get back together like go on and like and I just want to say like Men can take women back when they cheat. Like, I'm sick of men acting like it's just unforgivable. You can, if you get cheated on, man, the fuck up. So what? She sucks somebody else's dick. So what? So what? Man up. Man up and take her back. Because her and Lawrence wouldn't even be having this if he would have just looked at himself and been like, you know what? I can see why she would cheat on me. <laughs> like, if he would have had that honest conversation with himself about two years ago, they wouldn't even be sitting at this table. But you got to give people time and give people grace to get there. Also, Condola keeps calling. I'm like, what do you want? Like, like she's just she's calling a lot in this episode. She's texting. He's like, you know, I feel like. I feel like they're setting us up for something because it's like, why is she calling so much? Like, if a dude hits you and is like, oh, I'm doing something, I'm like, you just wait for them. And she's like being very persistent. And I'm just like, what is this? Why is she being so persistent? And what are they setting us up for in these last two episodes? Like, I hope she's not pregnant. Like, that's, like, my first thought. Like, oh, my God, Condola's pregnant. Um, which I hope she's not because that would really put a... That would really put a damper on Issa and Lawrence getting back together. Because I feel like if she's pregnant, it's like... Is Issa going to go for that? Is she going to be okay with that? Like, that's a lot to take on. But I digress. Um, also the camera angles in this episode, like being a creative person and just like how they were walking at the art walk and the camera was kind of like in front of them, following them and you got like a close up view and then the lighting, it was just gorgeous. Like I really, really loved that. It was very like Spike Lee and how Spike Lee does his cameraing and his work. So whoever the cinematographer was, amazing. Great job. I literally smiled the entire episode because who doesn't love love? Like, it's just like, y'all are meant to be together. So what? She fucked Daniel. Get over it. Men are so fucking sensitive. Like, 
women are very much clearly the superior sex, but it's like, so what? Like, you miss her. Like, your whole, him calling her because he had just, he's, his, his life is moving and he wants to know, you know, like, is it, I still have something for Issa. And so let me call her and tell her to come have a drink so I can know if I should move to San Francisco because this is not a chapter that has been finished in my life. And I, that's maturity. That's, as Kelly would say, that's growth. Like, to realize that, like, okay, my ego and my, um, my male, what is it, my male fragile, um, okay. It is his fragile male ego had him just be like, fuck that, I'm going to break up with her. But then, like, after a year or two and you didn't been burnt and you didn't date it, you're like, okay, I, I miss her. So I like that um, he's being honest about that. And, like, he wants to be very direct, which I am super big on communication and telling someone the truth and being direct, especially at this age. Because it's like, we don't have time to be, like, walking on eggshells or not really saying what you mean or, like, playing mind games and all of that stupid shit. So I'm so happy that they had, like, a real direct conversation and it was clear communication because as we see with Issa and Molly, they are not communicating well at all. And it is fucking up their relationship and we see as they sat at the table and they had like a real conversation about why she cheated um, and what she, what her perspective was and his kind of depression, like in getting out of college and not being able to find a good job. And we see how she perceived it. And then we also got to hear how he perceived it. And like Daniel was just there and he gave her the attention that she was not getting from Lawrence. And, like, I think you hear that a lot with cheating. Like, cheating has nothing to do with the other person. It really has something to do with the person who actually cheated. So, I think for him to hear her explain that gave him, um, I I guess it gave him a little solace, you know, like, to hear her be like, it's just Daniel was there and... Um, you kind of weren't. You were going through something, so you couldn't be there. And we get a really in-depth look at what was going on in their relationship because in season one, we saw Lawrence's depression, but they didn't go too in-depth. And in this episode, she was kind of like, you were out of it for a year. And that is a long time to be with somebody and they're not themselves. So I'm not excusing Issa cheating. But I understand because he is not himself right now. And so, like, you are just looking for a way to to feel something. And Daniel was that, um, was that for her. So, <clears throat> I feel like it just, it was a... Looking back at the episode, it was a perfect storm. Like, they had to go through that to get here, to get to where they are right now.
Also, like, just hearing him say, you know, like, I felt like watching you get up and go to work every day made me feel hopeless, you know, and it's not that I didn't want you, it's just that I was very, um, in my feelings about my situation. And if people are just more honest and they say that, like, (laughs) it's just so much like that they didn't communicate with each other so they wouldn't know. And it's just like, (sighs) I wish that they would have told each other that, but everything happens in the time that it's supposed to happen. Um, And I get that when you're trying to find yourself, it's very hard to be with someone else. So that was a period in Lawrence's life where I feel like he should have been alone because it, 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 it wouldn't have been, like that after college period, like after you get out of college and you're looking for a job or you've kind of finished college and you're looking for a job, it can be a very, um, sh- you're struggling, like you're trying to figure out who the fuck you are. You're trying to be an adult because you feel like you should be an adult, especially when you get and around like 24, 25, 26 is when you start feeling like, okay, this shit should be falling together more, you know? And then when it's not falling together, everything else kind of takes a back seat. So I get that the relationship wasn't at the forefront of his mind because he don't feel like he's pulling his weight. She's getting up and going to work every day. He feels less than. So I get it. And I think seeing, hearing them talk about their two different perspectives and how she felt, saw it, and how he saw it, if they would have just communicated, then it, 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 w- it wouldn't be this. And I also like, like this episode, like I said, is just also just about growth. And, like, how they're growing because how he said, like, it's e- it was easier for him to just blame Issa than it was to look at himself and be like, all right, well, what kind of boyfriend were you? Like, what, what kind of nigga were you? Like, what part did you play in it? And I think um, Derek, Tiffany's husband, had told him that before when he was with Chad. That he was like, you have to own your part in what you did. Like, yeah, Issa cheated, but... You was not, you're, you mentally were not in a relationship. Like, she physically did something, but mentally, Lawrence was, um, was not there. And so I love that transparency, that honesty for him to be able to say that. I love this, like, black man vulnerability and showing black men be vulnerable. I, I just, I love it. I love it. I love it. And I like how um, Issa, first of all, shout out to all the ain't shit women because we've all been ain't shit women. We've all done some shit that's like, I shouldn't have done him like that. So shout out to y'all. But also I like that she says, I wasn't shit, but I am the shit now. Like, because growth, because change, you can change. You can become a better person. And I love this, this growth that we, Issa is continuously Growing, I cannot say the same for Molly. Hopefully they show us something in these next two episodes. But Issa is continuously growing. She's going to, whether it's in her career, 
her personal life. She is just continuously getting better. And I like that because that's what you should be doing in life. It is hard, but that's what you should be doing in life. Also, TSA Bay. Anytime he's on screen, it's just it's just very funny. And I think he provides great comic relief. Um, <laughs> and the whole interaction was just very cute, very funny. The art show, like them, LA has, I don't know, Dallas probably has this and I'm not giving my city enough because I'm from here. So when you're from a city, you tend to like, be like, they we don't even got nothing like that. And we probably do. But the whole little art show, art gallery outside and all of the black art was really beautiful like I loved so many of those pieces and so like that was just like a cool atmosphere and like I said Dallas probably has stuff like that and I'm just not aware but um I really like to talk about when they were talking and he Issa was telling him how she has created her own happiness you know and in growing up she's realized that you have to create your own happiness because you do because as the older you get you kind of realize like things don't make you happy you know like doing the internal work and making sure like you're a solid person you're a respectful person you're a loyal person that's the shit that sticks and makes you happy and you have to wake up every day and work towards creating the life that you want and creating the happiness that you want. So um, that was just a dope conversation. And then there were so many like little nuggets in this episode. When Lawrence talked to her about realizing that he likes to be on teams more so than the dream he had of like running his own shit. And if that wasn't like a word, because I feel like in this day and age, we have so many people who want to be entrepreneurs just because of Instagram and Facebook. And it takes, it takes so much to run some shit. And I feel like you only see the glamorous side of it. You only see the IG side of it where it's like, I did this and I made $100,000 and this, this and that. And you never see the other side of it. Like some of you who have businesses are better suited to be employees and this shaming that we do kind of of people who just want to work i don't like it because a lot of people do not have the spirit of being a boss like a lot of people do not have the communication it takes to be a boss like i so many businesses that i don't frequent that i've seen started just because the owner lacks communication skills. They lack couth, like, and respectfulness. And I just really like that she highlighted that in that small way that a lot of people want to be bosses because that's what they think that's the only way and that's what they've been told to be. But it is people who work jobs that make two and three hundred thousand dollars a year and they're happy and they get to collaborate. But they also get to go home and they get to make the living that they want. So I think seeing more of that and hearing more of that side of it, like, you don't got to be, first of all, you don't have to be an actual boss to be a boss. 
You know what I'm saying? Like, boss is a spirit. Boss is a mindset. And so I just, I really love that. Like, that part really stood out to me because I talk to my sisters and my friends all the time about a lot of y'all got businesses and y'all don't know how to run them. Like, a lot of y'all got LLCs and tax identification numbers and you have no fucking clue what you're doing and you suck at what it is that you're doing. And maybe if somebody else ran the business aspect of it and you were just, you know, using your creativity or your talent, it would be better. But because everybody want to be a boss and social media got everybody thinking that they can't work for nobody. And if you work for somebody, then you're less than, then you have a lot of people who are just out here sucking at shit and it it just sucks. So that tidbit, that conversation between her and Lawrence and Lawrence realizing that he 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 works better on a team and executing somebody else's ideas than he does making his own gold. Like that's a gem. Condola is constantly calling and it's just like okay girl, that's why I'm leaning towards she like it's something she really needs to say. And that's why I'm leaning towards pregnancy because she's literally been calling all night. And it's not like he's even ignoring her. He's telling her, you know, like I'm busy or so the fact that she keeps calling is like giving me giving me anxiety. <laughs> um and then my favorite, favorite part of this episode, my absolute favorite part was at the end when they get to his house and she she was like, Issa was in her grown woman bag. And she was like, what if I don't want to go home? And that is what I'm talking about. Say it with your chest. Be direct. Grown woman energy. Like, I don't want to go home. Like, what if I want to stay here with you? Like, and I was here for it. I'm like, yes, Issa. Let him know. Like, I don't want to go home. I want to stay here with you. And what's up? <laughs> like, I am just a big component for communication and being direct because literally what is the worst that can happen? Nothing. Like nothing is going to happen. They can say yes, they can say no, but you need to get it off of your chest. You need to be direct. You need to set set your intention like I don't want to leave. Like you like so like I was happy today and then she was like you make me happy. I was like okay. Where my husband? Like I've been watching so much stuff this week and last week that's just like, all right, guy, what are you trying to, like, where is my husband? Like, seriously. Um, and Issa gonna give you a sex scene. Like, I'll be watching this with my parents. I'll be like, I have to stop because Issa gonna give you um, sex, honey. If, if, if it's 10 episodes... Nine of them motherfuckers gonna have sex with it, and I am here for it because adults have sex. Um, and it was just a very like intimate, intimate scene. I'm like, yes, Issa, show him new and improved. Issa, you know, he didn't look like when he was having sex with Condola, he didn't look like he was having as much fun. So go ahead and, yes, ma'am. <laughs> um, and so it, just, it was just such a good episode. And then her leaving and walking. Like, Issa was walking on sunshine. I'm like, yes, Dick will put a good pep in your step. Like, go ahead, Issa. <sighs> this episode was just amazing. It was just overall an amazing depiction of black love 
and people who have grown and respect each other and who are going to get back together. That's really it. Like, I've been waiting since season one when she cheated for them to get back together. Me and my mama were super happy. We're Team Lawrence and Issa together. And I'm just excited. I'm excited for next week. I feel like we will finally get to see what the fuck Condola wants. Because she doesn't seem like a needy person. Like, she hasn't been needy this whole season. So for her to call that much... She's going to drop like a bomb that's just like, oh my God. And then Molly and Issa, we get to see what they're going to talk about. I don't like the fact that Issa called Molly, but, you know, whatever you got to do to to work it out. And those those friend breakups are worse than breaking up with, her, with, with your partner. So I get it. Hopefully they can communicate in the spirit of good communication. Hopefully, those two can communicate in a way that's super effective and they can get back on track. And then I want to see, you know, like, what happens? Like, are, are Issa and Lawrence going to just go ahead and get back together? Like, what's going to happen? So, this was a much-needed episode to take my mind off of everything that's going on in the world. And it's just it was it was a great depiction of black love and black cinema and black tv and i just it made me happy I, like i said i smiled through the entire episode um and it was really 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 good um we will be back next week with a guest um i usually leave y'all with like something to read or well, last when I was on with Jory I did on episode one so um I would say if you have not read the autobiography of Malcolm X and also the autobiography of Huey P. Newton called Revolutionary Suicide um Huey P. Newton was co-founder of the Black Panthers his autobiography is amazing, and also Malcolm X. I've read that book, like, so many times. Um, the first time I ever read that book, I was, like, in the third grade. So, that's heavy for third grade to read. But those are the two books that I'm going to leave you guys with that I think would be great readings for this time. Um, stay safe. Stay happy. You know, um, find some joy in these in these trying times go to therapy all of that so we i will talk to you guys next week